Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 80, week 80, volume 80, number fucking 80. How you going guys? How's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. So this week's guest is Ruben from Upon a Burning Body and that will be coming up later in the show. As we do every week, we kick things off with a bit of feedback, bit of questions, bit of what's been going on. This week, we've noticed a lot of shout-outs, a lot of tagging going on through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Big thank you to Michael, Alex, and Andre, who've been tagging us and letting us know that they're spreading the word of the Mosh Zone to artists and people in the industry who've been inquiring about podcasts to listen to or podcasts to be a part of. So, Crafter from Confession and I Killed the Prom Queen has had the Mosh Zone in his grill. I have been talking to the man on and off. Hopefully we'll get him on the show soon, but when he's noticing the Mosh Zone mentioned to him, hopefully that inspires him to come on the show soon. Also, Andre let us know that we are getting our podcast shared through other media sources, one in particular called the Ill Street News. Thank you for letting us know, Andre. And Michael is shouting us out to bands through Twitter, so thank you for that as well. Apart from that, that's about it. We're smashing the listens, we're smashing the shares, so thank you to everyone that's constantly listening. Don't forget, guys, I'm asking every week, and I know it sounds a bit repetitive, but we need some ratings and reviews going on iTunes and also Facebook. So if you're on there, make sure you give us a rating and a review. It's essential to help us get out to more listeners. Nothing really else to say, enough of the jibber-jabber at the start of the show, let's kick things into gear. This week's guest is Ruben from Upon a Burning Body. First thing I've got to say, much love, much respect, much appreciated to Ruben for taking out some time and giving it to me and the Mosh Zone. Been chasing the band for a while, so Ruben finally was able to put aside some time, so it meant a lot to me and the show, so thank you again, Ruben. In-depth conversation covering the band's beginnings, their extensive discography, and a bit of the ins and outs of the man himself. Great in-depth chat, lots of fun had. That chat with Ruben is coming up now. I always kind of start off with a simple-ish question, and it doesn't have to be a heavy band, but do you remember a band that kind of opened your ears and your world to music being a thing? I mean, yeah. I mean, it had to be Slipknot. I think that was the first album that I, I can remember where I just had it on repeat constantly. And, you know, I remember, um, you know, I had my Walkman and my CD and, and it was uh, the re-release of the first album, the self-titled. And it was just, it never left. It was just constantly going. And <laughs> I think that started something different in me where it's just I wanted to play heavier music because before I was more into the old classic metal you know kind of Iron Maiden really old school stuff and when I heard this album it just totally changed my path. <laughs> so what what brought you to metal? I mean because for a lot of kids it's quite a you know a shift from what they might be hearing in the household so what about classical metal or Slipknot really drew you in? Well, um, my father was a bass player, but he played uh, Spanish music. He was like traditional Tejano music, which is from here, from San Antonio. And um, that's what I grew up on. But um, 
So I started learning how to play bass. And once I picked that up, I found uh, Iron Maiden. And they were the first band that was like, wow, this is like lead bass playing. And that that that's really what started the whole in the whole um, the beginning of the int- the metal world for me, and that's what got me going into that whole scene. And you know, after hearing Steve Harris play bass, then I went on to you know um, what was the next band that I listened to? Probably like Primus, and just Ooh. getting yeah diving in and just kind of finding all those amazing bass players that just Getty Lee, obviously you know from Rush, and it's just all those bass players that just kind of influenced uh the metal world and that's kind of just where it began for me after that i kind of started looking for different bands that kind of oh cliff burton obviously you know yeah. one of the best and so it was it was awesome to to hear how the bass was just a front instrument and it was kind of like in the forefront of these bands and i was like wow this is amazing so obviously, like you mentioned there is earlier, you know, your dad is playing music. Um, so was he kind of a bit of an influence for you to pick up the bass? Was he the one that drove you to bass as your first instrument? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and, and we I had some friends that played, like I had a friend that played drums. And, you know, I was always kind of around a musical people and and once we started jamming it it's it's so crazy because when i picked up the bass it's like i already knew how to play it was just in my blood and i loved it so much and it, it, it became really easy you know for me and i think the first kind of band that we got into was like you know the three chord punk rock like just super <laughs> simple stuff and uh and then from there it just progressed you know and i just started getting more intricate and just sitting in my room and just really like nailing like really crazy bass lines and licks and so it just you know kept progressing from there because bass is quite um it's the hidden art in a band so um was there ever a thought in your mind that maybe i want to play drums or maybe i want to try something else or was bass always the one that you were like that's it that's the one yeah that's the one i gravitated toward it's it's crazy because now i play lead guitar and i kind of got thrown into the fire with this you know our, our guitarist quit right before a big tour and I kind of had been helping him write songs on guitar, you know, cause playing guitar is like a toy. Once you've played bass, you know, bass is so much bigger and it's so much harder to play um, at least fretting wise. So once I started learning how to play guitar, I was like, man, this feels like a little toy. <laughs> it feels like you're playing a Luke ukulele, you know? So I, um, I, I started writing riffs, you know, for the band and started writing songs. And eventually, you know, I was, I was helping write most of the music on guitar as well. And, um, after he left, it was like, man, we have a week to figure out a situation, you know, how we can get somebody else in. And I was like, well, it's going to be so much easier to teach somebody how to play, you know, a bass line than mm. to teach them lead guitar parts. So I was like, I just got to do it. So I jumped in the lead guitar position and, you know, I've been there ever since. Yeah. So, ba- so clearly musical talent runs in your family. I mean, obviously it is easy to switch from instruments from bass to guitar, but it still takes quite a bit of talent. It, you know, to write the music that you guys write and perform the music that you write, uh, you, that you perform, sorry, on guitar isn't easy also. So obviously with your upbringing, um, music was obviously more than just a passion. It was a way of life. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of my family members play, you know, mainly, and it's mainly Spanish music. A lot of my family is traditional and they're old school and, you know, they grew up here in San Antonio where it's pri- pri- primarily Spanish music, you know, so I was kind of like the, the, <laughs> the black sheep that went off and started a metal band and I was like, this is what I want to do. I just want to rock out and have a good time and I think it's the energy that did it for me, you know, the energy at a metal show is like no other and, and once you get that little, that that feeling you're just like oh man this is amazing like you're not going to get that kind of energy out of any other crowd <laughs> you know so i think that's really what started it all and you know I, I i tried to play drums and stuff like that but i'm just not coordinated enough i can't i can't do all of my <laughs> limbs going at once i'm just like that, that's a whole another art form i'm just like wow you know it always blows me away to see amazing drummers being able to coordinate all their limbs you know it's just it's it's insane so was the family what was their reaction when you know, you said black sheep, but what was their reaction when suddenly, you know, you're not listening to what everyone else is really accustomed to hearing? Well, luckily, you know, my, my dad always uh, pushed me to do, you know, whatever I wanted. And he was he supported me in every way. And he liked it. You know, he he's just a fan of music in general. So, you know, when I would play shows, he, he enjoyed it. Like, he's just like, yeah, do it, you know, do whatever you feel is right. And, you know, follow your path. You know, nobody ever gave me a hard time. It's funny because I think, you know, in the Spanish world, a lot of people do covers. And so when I when I uh, tell my family, they're like, oh, yeah. So what what songs are you playing? Like what? Metallica songs or you know are you playing any you know this band or that band and I'm just like no it's all original we write all our own music <laughs> you know we don't play it I mean we did a couple covers but I was like for the most part our set is all original music <laughs> so what was it like growing up in San Antonio at school I mean as a lot of people in Australia may or may not know as you've said there is a heavy Spanish contingent in Texas so at school, was your music tastes very different to everyone around you, or were there kids in your year level or in your school that were in the same things as you were? Oh yeah, no, it's 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 rare here. Like it's more definitely more like hip hop, rap, you know, in the younger uh, generations. And then you know, though, as you get older, everybody listens to Spanish music. You know, you grow up around it. A lot of families listen to that, you know, you go to a backyard party and that's what's on, you know, you hear Tejano or, I mean, there's some country too, and, but, you know, metal and hard rock. Well, it's weird. I mean, San Antonio has a big scene, but it's very underground. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not, you know, it's not a big thing that a lot of people talk about, but when you go to shows, like, man, people turn up and they come, come out and they go off and it's amazing to see. And that's one thing that you guys, uh, you're also being, you know, very passionate about and very championing about is not only where you're from, but also your backgrounds. Was that something that you consciously thought about doing from the start or is it just something that came natural? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, coming from, uh, what we call the barrio, like, you know, San Antonio and, and, and especially coming from the rough sides, like, you know, we grew up in the hood and coming out from nothing and building this band up to where we're at and being able to, you know, tour the world and see everything and, you know, basically get out of San Antonio. Cause me and our, me and uh, Danny always talk about this is, you know, a lot of people that uh, grow up here, stay here. And it's mm. like, they never, they never, you know, explore and they never see what else is out there. So um, for us, it was just, it, it's, it's, we have a lot of pride in that, that we're able to get out and, you know, make it out of San Antonio as, you know, coming from these small parts and, you know, these rough sides of town and 
just getting out of here you know that to us it's a huge accomplishment so you know yeah we're very proud and we're very proud of where we come from you know we love we love the city and um we try to we try to bring light to it as much as we can it also must be pretty much very rewarding for you guys because surely when you're growing up as you said there's not a lot of bands that uh, your background from where you're from doing what you're doing, but now you're paying it back. You're setting the way for future kids and bands to see that, hey, if we're from here and we've got all the things that they went through, we can make it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's there's a lot of great uh, musicians here and talent, and I see uh, bands, you know, venturing out and, you know, other bands from Texas getting signed and, uh, you know, there's a lot of bands that we used to play with in our local days that are now making it out and touring. You know, Sons of Texas is one that's from the Valley. And then um, Shattered Sun is another one. You know, Charcoal Tongue is from San Antonio, and they, they got signed. And so it's just there's there's bands that are definitely starting to uh, to get out there. And, you know, I feel like, yeah, maybe we opened up some doors. You know, I, ho- I would hope so, you know, that we sh- we brought out that you know texas has a lot of talent and especially south texas you know from san antonio down you know i feel like people come down and they realize like wow you know there's a scene here and there's people that love this kind of music yeah i think i think it's it's really amazing to see and you know it's paving the way or you guys were one of the bands that started paving the way for those bands that you mentioned um do you think it ever at the start of the band held you back do you think people went okay, this band are too too much about Texas or, you know, this kind of stuff. Do you think anyone maybe looked at it in the wrong way? No, no, definitely not. I think it, it definitely helped us in every way, you know, being from, from uh, repping Texas so much and just having this vibe about us, you know, and especially coming out with the suits. At, at first, these everybody was like, who are these guys? You know, they, <laughs> they're coming out in suits, you know, it's just, it's just, they're all Hispanic, like what's going on here? And, you know, and then they hear us play and we're playing this super heavy, you know, progressive metal and they're, they're just freaking out, you know, and, and I feel like we turned a lot of heads in our, in our early days, you know, and kind of brought that attention to us. And it was great. You know, I, I feel like everybody now, and you know, what's crazy is we travel all over the place and you find people from Texas everywhere, like everywhere mm. that somebody comes out and they're like, yeah, I was born in Texas. And you know, it's such a big state. So, you know, with, and it has a huge military background. So we find that people are stationed all over the world and we will, be in germany and you know we'll have people from texas there and it's just like what's going it's crazy (laughs) so it's awesome it's awesome and they're just so the same way they're just so prideful they're just like man you guys represent texas amazing and you know we're from there we're born and raised there and it's just you can see their their faces just light up oh it's uh it's it's awesome um before we get into like the start of the band and you know the first few albums at school for you, did you have in your mind you were always going to give music as a career path or were you kind of looking at other avenues for a career and music was always a maybe? Yeah, it was a maybe, you know, it was, it was a hobby. And, you know, I, I really, you know, my goal was to just uh, to try as hard as I could, you know, and mm. hopefully it would work out. But I was actually going to school for aviation. I was, uh, it's crazy because, yeah, at, at the end of my um, – high school I, I had I had done two years where I was in an intern program I went to college while I was in high school for aviation and um at the end of, of high school when I graduated they offered me a job at Boeing which is huge you know mm. it's like a a career job and 
basically it was right when we got signed and I had to make a choice. It was like, I was going to go this path and, you know, take the career path and, you know, stay in San Antonio and work, <laughs> you know, the nine to five, or, you know, I could take this risk and grind it out. And, you know, it was rough, you know, the first couple of years we were broke, we were dead broke and we're touring constantly, you know, living on couches, just surviving, scraping by. And eventually it turned into a business and a career. And now we're able to make a living doing it. So I'm, I'm, I feel like, you know, I made the right decision and this is by far the best outcome. <laughs> yeah, but that wouldn't have been easy. That is quite a decision to make. That's a roll of the dice and you're putting all yeah. your cards on the table for one choice. So, I mean, in those early early years before you got signed or around the time you got signed, did you ever hesitate and think, have I really made the right decision? Because you're mentioning you were broke and you were struggling. So was there ever a thought in your head going, fuck, I made the wrong choice? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, all my family was kind of like, you know, you should take the job. You know, it's a, it's a great, you know, career and you'll be set and, you know, you won't have to worry about anything. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, but I don't want to live with the what ifs. And, you know, mm -hmm. what if I would have done this? And, and I was just like, I'd rather give it a shot. And if it doesn't work out, then I'll come back to it. You know, I could come back and go to school. And, you know, these kind of jobs are a dime a dozen. But, being a musician and being able to do what you love is, is by far like, you know, a gift. So there's no way I could, I could turn that down. I was just like, I'm going to go for it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody, <laughs> but I'm going for it as, as hard as I can. And I'm going to try my hardest and, you know, it paid off. Oh, definitely. Um, looking at the first few years before you were signed um, and you signed with Sumerian Records, was it um, very much on the grind? You guys were constantly trying to just build a name and was it learning from mistakes? What were the early years before getting picked up like for you guys? Yeah, I was definitely just trying to make a name for ourselves and getting on every tour we could and, you know, touring as much as possible. And like I said, you know, you do this for, you know, four or five years and you get burnt out. And, you know, there was a point where we're just kind of like, man, is this is this worth it? Like we're, we're wearing ourselves down to the bone and there's nothing there's no payoff you know in the end we're still broke and we're still not making it and you know we had to make a lot of cho hard choices at, to make this work like you know now we're, we we consider ourselves like a, a very diy band like we went to the buses and we went through all the big managers and booking agents and we went through all this stuff and we kind of went full circle and now we're very DIY and that's how we made it work. Like, we're just like, we gotta, we gotta figure out a way how to, how to support our families. Like we're getting older, you know, we can't be doing this <laughs> nine months of touring <laughs> and, and just coming back with nothing. It's like, it's too hard. So, you know, in order to make it work, we definitely had to figure some things out and we had to go through all these rough patches to, to decide where we're going and what we're doing. I think also all those rough patches and the hard yards makes the success that you guys have gained along the way and where you're at now all that better. You feel like you've actually earned it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It it definitely does and and you know, and now we're so we're so much more um I mean not that we we weren't, but I mean I just feel like, you know, it's definitely humbling to know that, you know, we've we've gone through all that and we're still here and we're still making music and we're still doing it and you know where you see a lot of bands they fade out and they break up they can't you know that pressure is just immense and you know we're almost there too you know we we hit you know the bottom and we're just like man this just feels like it's not going anywhere we're just running in circles and we can't figure it out how why are we not you know succeeding and you know it just took forever to figure it out and now 
it feels like it, it's all paying off. In that in that first album, The World Is Ours, where did the idea for the suits come from that you mentioned earlier? Because that album, it caught my attention when it came out. That's when I first noticed you guys. And it caught my attention for a few reasons. One was the very aggressive sound. I mean, you look at the way you appeared, you're all very well dressed and you're playing this brutal, heavy, just satanic as hell stuff. But um, also you guys were about having a good time. And then the other thing you guys did was that whole album was titled after Al Pacino songs. There was so much going on. (laughs) There was so much going on. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that, that, that was partially the label too. Like, you know, when we first signed, you know, they're just like, you guys, you know, we can come out like every other band and wear band tees and do blue jeans and do all that. Or we can try to put something together, you know, and I'd say, yeah, it's, it is kind of gimmicky, but you know, it worked and it really turned a lot of people's heads and a lot of people recognize like what is going on here, you know, and, and the, the Al Pacino thing too, like, it's just like, let's try to, to have fun with it and not be so serious of a metal band where everything, you know, sounds like it's out of a uh, Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> try to just make it more of a lifestyle band and just, you know, have talk about, you know, our daily lives and what we go through and, you know, not try to make up this crazy story about, you know, whatever, just, and that's what it, what really happened on that first record. We went in there and we had a great time and we just wrote about, you know, all of our experiences up to that point. And I feel like that's what every album is, you know, is you're just, for us, at least we're writing about life and what we're going through. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people recognize that and they can connect with it. And that's the main goal is, you know, to try to connect with your fans. And how did the link up with Sumerian come about for you guys? Did they approach you or did you approach them? And it was obviously a very good link up with you for you guys because you were with them for four albums. Well, it's crazy because we're actually part of the very first um, head bang for the highway uh, tour the the whole contest where they're you know they do a battle of the bands and at that time we're a very big uh, regional band for texas we're opening up every you know big tour that came through we're like the main opener for for bands and uh so we got recognized in that sense and then we made it to the final the finals we went all the way to california to p- perform for the label and um that's when they told us you know you guys got it you guys and the whole thing was you know, you want a tour and all this stuff. And they're like, we want to sign you guys and let's make a deal out of it. And we're like, okay, let's do it. Let's rock and roll. And, <laughs> you know, that was what's, that's what started it all. And that album, when it got released, um, did you notice a big upswing and change in not only the tours, but the attention you guys were getting? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, we went from this uh, regional act to like definitely a, a a, a world act and you know we went we started touring everywhere and anywhere we could and jumping on any tour and you know we saw the growth and we're getting on on great tours so it was all amazing exposure and you know at that at that point it was um it was on Utah, so mm. <laughs> it was it was great for we we're just living it up and <laughs> <laughs> we didn't we hadn't we hadn't learned the lessons yet and we we're just kind of like just having a great time you know we're young we just got out of high school so it was definitely a, an experience did a lot of extra pressure come with that because now you're going from being the regional opener and kind of no real expectation to now you're signed now you've got this album now there's a tension on you like it's kind of like you know step up to the plate or or fade away 
Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing with every album, you're, you're kind of like biting your nails like, man, I hope this beats the last because that's the main goal is to keep growing and keep, you know, expanding. And, you know, that that's all you could hope for is that when you release that album, that more people listen to this one than the last one and you just want to keep evolving. So for us, it luckily it's been that way. We've been going up and up and up and, you know, with every album, it gets better and bigger and, you know, so we're very grateful, but yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, pressure you know just trying to trying to figure that out and where you want to take the band and what direction and what are we going for and i think that's the main thing with this album was that you know we definitely reverted back to some of the the earlier tendencies because we're kind of getting lost we're kind of like okay where are we going where <laughs> where is the direction of this band and, and we're like let's just bring it home and let's bring back that intensity and that energy one thing that is one thing that you have done that you mentioned in there is that you know if you look at the comparison of the second album to the first album the second album being red white green that's different sonically to the world is ours um, you guys have never really settled on your laurels i mean you could easily have just done 6 7 albums of the world is ours sound but you've never done that you seem to constantly take a step forward you reassess you re you evolve is that a conscious thing or is that just how the cards have fallen for you guys? It's just, hey, every time you come to writing, it's a bit different. No, no, no. It's definitely – oh, yeah, that also – it's it depends because it's kind of both. You know, we've had different members that are influencing. But at the same time, we've always wanted to evolve. Like, you know, we don't – we're not one of those bands that wants to play the same style of music, you know, through the whole album or through – all their albums so you know we definitely have always wanted to evolve and we love having like different themes and ideas behind each record and you know different vibes because i feel like it kind of gets stagnant you know you hear a band and you hear you hear one song and you feel like you've heard the whole album or the whole discography and you're just like okay so you know what more is there after that so i feel like with our albums you can listen to a song and then the very next song sounds like something completely different so there's more to it, you know, and there's it doesn't get as, as boring and, you know, you can listen to the whole record through. It also is, is important because you guys were, when you first started out, you were very much lumped into that word that people don't like but is used a lot, which is deathcore. You were pretty much lumped into that genre. Um, were, you gonna, were you finding that that tag was a negative tag and did you really want to distance yourself from being called a deathcore band? Yeah, definitely. I think that for us, it's it. it we've always seen it as a negative thing because we don't like all the subgenres. We're just we always just tell people we're a metal band. You know, that's mm -hmm. it. Like if you like, you know, any kind of metal, more than likely you can give us a listen and you'll dig it. So, you know, I feel like uh, the whole death court thing was for that time period. Mm -hmm. But since then, I feel like there's so much more to it. You know, than us just being a. Um, our people call it chug core whatever you want to call it you know i i just don't see it that way i mean we've played mayhem you know for we did two mayhems and that was just a huge metal crowd and we saw like this is what we want to do like we want to play for these people right here because they're just diehard fans and you know we want to be able to play for anybody you know and be versatile so i i hate you know being lumped in with all these subgenres, <laughs> whatever they want to call us. I'm just like, we're just a metal band, right? <laughs> That's it. Well, I think you guys have proved that, especially with, on the latest one. That, that's just metal. It's, you know, it's got harkbacks to old school, um, but it still has a touch of, you know, everything. Um, 
I'd be I'd be reminisced to not ask about the infamous world is our world is my enemy now thing. Now, if anyone remembers, you guys you copped a lot of hate, but then you copped a lot of positivity for the apparent kidnapping of Danny. Yeah, you know, and and now now that uh, you know things have passed, I can say that you know it wasn't our idea even though we got thrown under the bus it really wasn't our idea and that's that's a part that sucked about the whole thing is you know it got brought to us and you know we kind of rolled with it and it just wasn't delivered properly you know if it if there was like a video it, okay people p- probably would have got it a little bit better and not taking it as seriously but you know and, and then again i'm just like man you know this is metal like you know people have done so many worse things, you know, burning, burning down churches and doing crazy shit. Like obviously doing a couple of posts is, is not the worst thing we could have done, but you know, I, I would hope that people can get over it. You know, every once in a while we see one person that, you know, likes to bring it up and I'm just like, okay, that was years ago. And you know, it's so funny cause you know, yeah, we got some, some hate for it. But then again, the record was called the world is my enemies now. And I was like, man, it, it kind of works actually, <laughs> you know, whatever <laughs> we, we got over it. And luckily, you know, we were on mayhem that year. So, you know, those, those people didn't give a damn. Like there, it was just insanity every day. You know, touring with um, Corn and Event Sevenfold, and you know, it was it was a great tour. So we didn't see that. We didn't see any of that hate live. It was mainly behind the scenes, and you know, we we just want to move past it. And now we can go on record and say, hey, it wasn't our idea. You know, nor was it our uh, the CEO or our publicist. It just came from someone in the label that you know brought this idea to us and. Everybody was kind of like, it was a last minute thing and it sucks that it, it the way it panned out and we just kind of got thrown under the bus and we're just like, damn, that, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. You get, you got really thrown under the bus. I mean, that's quite an idea to come about. I mean, as we said earlier with the suits, people don't like to admit it, but sometimes a little bit of attention is needed. So sometimes some gimmicks or some publications or whatever you got to do, you got to spark some interest. So I can see the idea behind it. You know, look, we'll get some attention here. We'll raise the profile of the album. But it's it never landed how it probably was yeah. aimed to land. And that's the problem. Yeah. Like, people just yeah. blew up about it. It just went crazy. I remember at the time because I was excited for a new album. I thought, oh, it's a new album on the way. Then that happened. And then the reaction to people when it was revealed to just be a, you know, a, a thing was... Probably a little bit over the top. People got too offended. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that that was a a, a sign of the changing of times and how people nowadays are just you know it's just over um, too sensitive. You know, mm. it's just like man, I remember when you can do <laughs> you could do a lot more, you know, and say a lot more, <laughs> and now it's you have to be careful, careful, you know, everything you do and what you say and how it's construed and you know with social media and everything. I feel I feel bad because I see bands get it all the time and just like man, it's just like was it really that bad? <laughs> you know, I'm just like, sheesh. It really wasn't, and but do you think that also? You know, you said earlier about lessons learned along the way. Is that something, obviously, you'd want to go back and change, but do you also think that that maybe hindered the growth and the progression of the band? Because that album was phenomenal um, and is phenomenal. Um, The change in everything that you guys brought in, a bit of the clean singing, bigger choruses. um, Did that album get affected by all of that? 
It did. It, it did a little bit, but um, it was just that time period. And, you know, we, we like to move forward and, you know, the next album did great and it, and it still is doing great. So, you know, that's why I feel like most people moved on from it. You know, every once in a while we get a heckler that likes to, likes to bring it up, but you know, it's so long ago that, you know, I would hope that, and we, we grew from it, obviously like now we, we, we would definitely never do anything like that again. And I feel like our whole mindset has changed. Like most of us, you know, we have families now and, you know, even, even the topics, like the song topics, everything has changed for us. You know, we're, we're growing and, and we're bringing that growth to our music as well. Yeah. And you can see that because that album was a big step up in kind of an arena sound, if that makes sense, without it being an insult. Um, and then you stepped into straight from the, how do you say it? Barrio or Barrio? Yeah, st- Barrio. Yeah, barrio. From the barrio. You stepped into that album and you were saying that that's still doing well. Um, how did that album initially receive? Because it felt like it was released out of nowhere. For, for someone that lives not in America, we didn't even really know that that album was coming out. It just suddenly came out. Um, there was no real media attention, no real label attention. Was that pushed for you guys? It wasn't pushed as hard, but it's it's crazy because some of the songs definitely grabbed and like people really love uh, some of the songs on that record, you know. So I think every every one of our records has those songs that people gravitate toward, and that one definitely has, you know, at least. Uh, three or four that, that I know of that really, really got the audience and, you know, and, and they they just listen to those songs every, every day. It's crazy. We still got tons of listeners on that album. And, you know, for, for us, um, yeah, I feel like it didn't get as much attention. You're right. As you know, it should have, but it were it still works. And, you know, I think the fans in the end, they, they gravitated toward it and they're still listening to it. Also around um, the world is my, Enemy Now and Straight From The Barrel, you guys ditched the suit look, I think it was around this time. Um, it was just, you know, dress casual. What was, was there a big thought process behind, you know, changing that look that you were known for? Because that's a big step to take. Yeah, I think, I think you know, in the end, we're just tired of it. Like, we, we had been doing it for so long and it wasn't, it it wasn't done like to the full potential, you know, we were wearing like kind of haggard suits and, you know, <laughs> having to keep up with these things and they, you can only imagine how they smelled and, <laughs> you know, playing with playing in those things for so many years. And then, you know, one day we just, we did a festival and we're like, well, let's just try to do it like without, without anything. And, you know, the, the fans did not care, you know, the, everybody still came out and it was a great show. And so we did it again and we're just like, you know, this doesn't defy us. This doesn't, I mean, define us, you know, this doesn't define who we are. So let's just be ourselves and, you know, let's grow out of this and, you know, just keep progressing. And I think it's worked for you because I think now you, 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 you just look like, you know, chill dudes playing some extreme metal around that album. Um, you guys also seem to life started to change. So being a, constant touring band became not really a thing it seems like now you select your tours you select when's the right time um is that because you know obviously there's member member changes but is that because life takes a reassessment you know things have changed what's important yeah yeah definitely you know we we, uh, me and danny have kids so you know for us 
it became more about like, you know, being able to be at home and spend time with our families and still do what we love. And, you know, we cut, we cut out a lot of people. Like we don't have a manager, you know, we do everything ourselves. We print our own merch. Like we just started, we went back to a van. Like we do all these things because, you know, we want to be able to enjoy it, you know, because if you're constantly on the road, you're away from the people you love, then, you know, there's not a really chance to enjoy the fruits of your labor, you know, and just like with any job, you know, you want to be able to to go on that vacation and spend time, you know, but for us, we have to be gone, we have to leave. So we definitely found a way to make it work and just be able to do both. And now we found this perfect balance where, you know, we can choose the tours we want to be on and everybody that we work with, our booking agent and our label was okay with that. They're just like, we totally get it. You know, we're already, you know, over 30 years old. We got to figure out something. We could, there's no way we could be doing what we were doing back then. Now it was just, it was just, you know, wearing us down and beating us down. And, you know, we would have just called it quits. So we had, in order to make it work and keep, keep moving forward we were just like let's figure this out let's see what we can do and sure enough we started cutting out things and doing things a different way and you know the first thing we did was got rid of our manager because we're like okay how how can we afford to pay this person you know 15 percent of everything we make when um you know yeah they're at Mm. home and they they get to be home and you know they're making a couple emails yeah sure but you know we just couldn't we couldn't wrap our heads around how they're getting paid more than we are as the musician that's out there creating the music, playing mm-hmm. the shows, grinding it out, sweating, you know, and, you know, being away from home. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're they're making the bigger check. And I'm just like, how, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the industry definitely needs a little restructuring. So, you know, that's that was the first thing we got rid of. And, and then we just started to change other things. We're like, well, where else can we, you know, how else can we make things work? And we started printing our own merch. We brought our own press. And, you know, that was a huge thing for us. And then we went back. We stopped renting buses and all these crazy rigs. And we just were like, let's just get a van and let's just do it old school. And sure enough, you know, that's all we needed to do. And now it's it's worked out for the better. It's also, That's a big move to make, though. I mean, you know, scaling things back, but also probably a bigger move that not a lot of people would probably recognize is the less touring because there's that risk that people will forget about you nowadays. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. No, but I feel like, you know, we've established our name, you know, to a point where, you know, we can we can pick and choose where we, when we go out and, you know, we don't have to constantly be out there because in the end, you know, people are listening to us on the back end, you know, through, through streaming and, you know, online and trying to keep up that online hype. That's a little tough, you know, when mm-hmm. you're on touring, but, you know, we just try to keep generating content. And as long as you're, you're in people's eyes and ears and, you know, you're good. Now, one of the big changes you made on the most recent album was also, a label change now was that a case of having more control than what you had with Sumerian yeah that and you know it's just I we wanted to find a team that was just diehard and was ready to 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 push as hard as they can you know the thing is you know with Sumerian is they have a lot of bands and you know they're constantly releasing stuff and we've kind of we kind of felt like we're stuck in the middle you know we weren't getting as much as attention as some bands but we weren't we weren't one of the smaller bands so we're just kind of we were we always say we were like the middle stepchild like we're just kind of <laughs> there so we, we that's the reason why we made the switch mainly is because we wanted people that were going to work hard and bust their ass and you know saw the vision 
and you know with seek and strike and george and randy they were just like we see what you guys are capable of we see you crushing it on these festival shows and we saw you all of mayhem you know just destroy these crowds you know that's where we need to get your band like we need to get there and you know and and reciprocate that all around in every sense and so you know and they truly believe that we can be the next big metal band you know and just keep because i mean obviously there's a lot of bands out there but it's a lot of older bands that have been around forever you know mm. those those iconic you know that they've been doing it forever and there's going to become a point in time when you know they're going to call it quits and who's going to step up you know what what who's the big who's the next big metal band you know that's going to come up and and fill these big arenas and you know make that uh make that leap into the bigger world and i feel like there's not too many out there that are that are you know growing to that level well also there's not a lot of bands like yourselves that have stuck with it for as long as you do you know a lot of bands form and maybe get two albums out and then break up um, you guys have persisted with all the issues that you've had on going on. You guys are keep going. Yeah, yeah, we definitely haven't given up, you know, and I, I think it's because we see the growth, you know, still to this day. And that that's the main thing. I think when we show up to shows and there's nobody there, then it's like, OK, <laughs> maybe we need <laughs> uh, to maybe. call it quits. But, <laughs> you know, people still still are coming out and people are still supporting us. And, you know, we still have a great fan base. So, you know, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep chugging along as long as we can, because, I mean, you know, after this, then, you know, what What really are we going to do? We're going to have to go back to, you know, the regular life and just, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> nine to five. So we're just like, no, let's let's go until these, these wheels fall off. Let's keep pushing and, and keep trying to see, you know, how far we can take this. The other thing you did with the most recent album was very forward thinking, and that was no physical release. It was all done digitally. Um was that a conscious effort? Why Why that? And the other part of that question is, has there been a demand for physical copies of this album? Yeah, definitely, you know, it was a conscious thing. You know, it, me, uh, us and the label, you know, we talked and we're just, we're just like, man, even some of the biggest bands out there, you know, can't sell records anymore you know people i mean cds particularly you know it's it's kind of like a dead technology but there's still a lot of people that want to collect and they're like you know i want a physical cd so you know because of that demand we're actually gonna put out a limited release and Ooh. you know we hope that you know yeah exactly and, it, and it's cool because it becomes more of a collector's thing than mm-hmm. just like let's see how how many albums we could sell when we release this it's like no now we're, we're having very limited releases on vinyl and on cd you know, because a lot of people were asking for them, and we're just like, okay, well, we'll we'll give you some CDs. So, you know, we're we're actually coming around, and we're gonna make some. <laughs> well, I got to get myself one of those CDs. I've I've got all the others on CD, so I'm gonna be really annoyed if I don't get a fifth one. I need I need that one in there. I need my collection to keep because I'm one of those people. I, I love a collection, and when I get into a band, I want the whole collection. So I can see why people have wanted it. Um, but you're smart because the industry is streaming based nowadays is that something as a band that you've found has been easy to adapt to or has the new change in the industry been hard to adapt to yeah it's, it's been it's been a little tough but i feel like um luckily you know our fans transferred over and you know we've grown with our fans like i remember the point in time when we, <laughs> we were out on tour and we had a box of cds we we're trying to get rid of and i was trying to sell them at a show and you know 
people were like, well, what the hell am I going to do with that? <laughs> They're like, everything's <laughs> on my phone. I'm just like, you're right, you know? And that was the point when we stopped really taking up, uh, you know, six, seven boxes of CDs. We're just like, okay, we don't have to bring all these CDs. We could bring, you know, a couple, but I think, you know, at this point, we don't have to bring all these CDs anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we definitely had to uh, adapt and, you know, move with the times. But luckily, you know, it, it hasn't been that hard for us. No, you guys seem to, you know, and it shows on the latest album, you adapt and you change with it, just like you've done with your musical styles. Everything seems to be forward thinking. Um, what about with the way the industry is changing with how a lot of bands are releasing EPs now or they're releasing just a few singles? Have you guys noticed that? Is that a future thought for maybe with the band going forward? Yeah, definitely. You know, I, we definitely have noticed that. And, you know, I think... We we still want to release albums, but I think uh, for that time in between, we've been talking about, you know, releasing some singles and keeping that steam going because I feel like, you know, there isn't a point in time where uh, the band has been this this big. And, you know, this this album for us was definitely like a, an eye opener. We're just like, all right, we, you know, we got some traction. Let's keep it going. You know, let's let's keep it up and let's see where we can take this so i think after this out this um this tour this headliner tour we're gonna definitely try to get back in the studio and just keep writing and just keep pumping out the, the music while while we got it fresh in our minds and you know we have this these ideas flowing yeah because that's that's got to be a new pressure that you're not used to is that you kind of with streaming services you need people to constantly have content it's they always need it yeah, yeah, def <laughs> we definitely noticed that, and it's it's crazy, you know how how um, short short term everything is now. It's like, man, you can't have an album out for two, three years, even though that's how long our last album was out. You know, it's been you know almost going on three years that we had it out, and we're just like, okay, we got to drop something. <laughs> like, it's been way too long. So, you know, but I we know we definitely noticed that. You know, we're just like, man, should we even give them like a whole month? you know, two month notice that we're dropping an album. Should we just give them like two weeks or like, you know, two hours? Like, Hey, we're dropping this album in two hours. You, you can pick it up. You know, you can go and stream it right now. It is. So it's, it's crazy. You know, how fast, how fast everything is moving now. And it's the same you mentioned earlier as well. The whole social media platform is a whole different thing. Now you, you, you guys seem to be on top of it, you guys seem to be very smart about it. It's not just photos. You'll do use the stories part of Instagram. You'll do videos. Um, is that something that you've just learned from other bands or is that something that you've just kind of had a go at yourself? Yeah, learning from other bands, you know, seeing seeing how the best uh, bands that do the social media thing. I mean, that's the thing. We come from an older generation. So for us, like, <laughs> we used to tour with, like, a, a binder of MapQuest, you know, and just, like, <laughs> we, we, we've been through it all. So, you know, I, it's crazy because I was very um, hesitant on the whole social media thing. Like, I didn't, I didn't like it. Like, I didn't want to be a part of it. And then I realized how important it was and how crucial it is that, you know, a band that is, is out there to – be on all these platforms so you know it was definitely an adaptation and you know trying to figure it out and now i feel like you know i'm the one that's bugging everybody like come on guys let's let's keep it up <laughs> let's keep posting let's keep pushing this you know it's like let's just keep the content flowing and you know let's come up with new ideas and you know just and that's the thing is putting yourself out there because that's that's what i feel like people want to see 
is um you know what what goes on behind the scenes you mm. know people everybody gets to see you perform but what really what's really happening behind the scenes and people freak out you know they think we're rolling in a bus and we're doing all these you know extravagant things but no we're definitely not you know we're definitely grinding and i think they appreciate that a lot more yeah it's something that i you you're right people like behind the scenes they also like knowing that you guys are like them it it makes them appreciate what you do more um a, a couple more questions before we wrap things up and one is you guys have got such a rabid fan base um and they really get into you guys they follow you guys they give it all and it's something that not a lot of bands have how how did that come about do you think it's just something that just rolled with the years and developed or is it something that you guys just have that different factor about you because i think it's a bit of everything yeah yeah i do too i think it's definitely uh, uh where we've been and you know all the all the albums and the music and i feel like we've definitely developed a, a type of fan and i i realize that and a lot of it is the working class you know it's the working class people that that work the nine to fives and they come out and they want to release this energy and you know, at our shows, that's what I see a lot of. It's like teachers and doctors and nurses. And it's just, it's crazy. They're all from all walks of life and they're all metal fans and they just come out and just like, you guys have this energy about you. You know, you get me pumped up when I need it. And, you know, a lot of people that work out to you that are in the gym, you know, it's just, we're that kind of band that they go to for that extra energy or like, you know, if they're feeling away, even, even as um, therapeutic, you know, like mm. since we've, we always writing about real life real life stuff it's just um easy to connect with and we get people that come up and they're just like you know this song it it helped me through this time and you know it's 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 all over the place you know with us and i feel like all the fans that we've gained they they really stick with us and that's amazing to see you know at, at every show we get fans that come up and they're just like i listened to you guys since your first album and you know since even your local days and it's it's crazy you know it's awesome do you think part of it is that real recognizes real if that makes sense yes exactly that's the best way to put it yep yep definitely and you know it's just working class people and i relate to that so much you know because i know what we've been through and you know we're all humble and that's the thing we like to show face and we like to talk to our fans and you know i think that's part of it too is a lot of people realize that you know we're just normal people like them and we're just trying to make it out here in the world and that's it yeah i i definitely that's part of why I got into you guys and that's why I still back here to this day. And same with my mates. We, we recognize it. We appreciate it. Um, and, you know, you guys are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So um, apart from this headline tour that you've got coming up, what else is in store for you guys, say, over the next six to 12 months? Is it going to be more tours when you can or is it going to be, like you said earlier, maybe a bit more riding? Um, we're going to do a little bit of both, you know, when we have time, we're going to write as much as we can. And then we're trying to really do, um, uh, support tours for bigger metal acts. That's cause that's what we want to do. We want to expand, you know, it's been a while we've been doing a lot of headliners and stuff like that. So we're really trying to get out into that bigger metal world, you know, tour with some, some, uh, older bands that have been around, you know, like In Flames, Kill Switch Engage, Lamb of God, you know, we really want to get out there with those bands. And we, we hope that, you know, they see that and want to bring up the, the younger generation of bands with them. And I see it, I see it happening, you know, like a kill switch engaged tour with after the burial, you know, and, mm. and uh, they did a tour with born of Osiris. So I see it happening. And, you know, we want to be a part of that, you know, that whole, that whole new 
um, development of, of fresh bands. Now, what about for you? What were your goals when you first started as an artist, you know, back in the early days, compared to what your goals are now in music? Well, I think back in the early days, it was very just um, experimental. Like, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. And now I feel like we've kind of honed in and we're like, okay, this is a plan. And, you know, I try to, I, I'm the one that always tries to set goals for the guys and like, let's, let's try to make a goal and let's try to reach this goal and, you know, and try to progress, you know, cause I feel like if you're just, you're just uh, going out and doing whatever, then, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to, to, <laughs> to grow like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I try to get everybody on the same path and be like, what are we really trying to achieve? And, you know, I think for all of us, it's just trying to, to break out into that bigger metal world. Definitely. Well, hopefully that includes an Australian tour sometime. Yeah, definitely. We want to go back. I mean, the last time we were there was Soundwave, you know, yeah. and that hasn't been around for a while. So, yeah, we definitely want to get back. And, you know, that's the main thing is, you know, it has to make sense for us. And, you know, now now the way we think is like, okay, we can go, you know, but it has to make sense and we have to go out on the right tour and, you know, that way we can, we can afford it and <laughs> make sure it happens. It, it flows smoothly, you know. I think that was around 2011 too. It was that long ago, I think, maybe 2011. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's long ago. That's too long. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, quite a long time ago. Um, Ruben, what I always do to wrap things up is I do a segment called Pick Your Poison. Now, what I do here is I give you two options and you pick your favorite of the two. Um, you can give a reason with why you pick something, but it just lets people kind of know what does Ruben really like in his everyday life? What is what is his favorite things? Okay. All right. All right. It sounds good. Okay. So, would you rather a pizza or a burger? Ooh, I like a burger. I mean, from Texas, you can really get really good meat, and I think a, a juicy burger is where it's at. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather a taco or a burrito? Oh, taco all day. Yep, yep. <laughs> in Texas, there's a, that we we have a Tex-Mex, and you know, there's definitely a. <laughs> I go around, and you know, I'll try tacos from all these spots around town, and you know, I'm always comparing and trying to figure out where the best one is. So, Ooh. yeah, definitely taco. <laughs> uh, ribs or brisket? Oh, brisket. Yep, yep. Same same reason. I mean, being from Texas, it's all about that slow barbecued brisket for like eight hours where it's just falling apart oh man that's the best uh do you prefer chicken or beef oh man that's a tough one i I beef Mm. yeah beef for sure um do you do a beer or a whiskey Mm, that's tough i think beer more i I like uh, tasty beers and you know I, I, i like trying all the different stouts and you know so yeah i think beer would you rather smooth peanut butter or crunchy peanut butter I like a crunch. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, would you rather cook at home or dine out? Cook at home. Yeah, I love to cook. So, yeah, I would say definitely cook at home. Um, do you want to see a movie at the cinemas or on your couch at home? Cinemas. Yeah, I love the experience and, you know, seeing it on the big screen. And here, you know, we have a lot of uh, of movies that are now converting to, like, these reclining comfy you know chairs and i'm just like man this is getting better and better every year (laughs) (laughs) but it's not cheap to go to the cinemas that's the only issue 
Oh, no, not anymore. Yeah, especially now that you can, like, dine at the cinema. Like, you know, there's a, uh, the Alamo Draft House that's becoming very popular. And it's just, you know, you can get drinks and, and you can dine in. And, you know, it's just it's it gets pricey. We go and I'm just like, holy shit, this is, this is expensive. <laughs> you got to make it a special experience. Um, yeah, exactly. All right. Beach or snow? Beach, yeah, beach for me. I can't deal with the cold. I'm not used to it. I'm too <laughs> too soft for that. And man, when I get up there, it, it doesn't even have to be that cold. And you know, people are wearing shorts, and I'm over here bundled up like a Eskimo, just covered up, all <laughs> dead. So, um, are you a cat person or a dog person? Dog person, yeah. I have two dogs. I have a boxer and a German Shepherd. <gasps> what are their names? Simone and Otis is a is a boxer. Yeah, he, I, we always say he's an old uh, jazz musician. Otis. <laughs> yeah, um, I've got I've got three dogs now. With your boy dog, this is a random question. Do you find that he constantly digs up the yard? Uh, no, he's no? he's lazy. He's super lazy. He's just chill. He's like the 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 chillest dog you'll ever meet. He just likes to. It's so funny because Simone is a newer. Uh, she's more of a pup, and um, she just bugs the crap out of him. She's just <laughs> nibbling on his ears, and you can see the look on his face. He's just so annoyed. <laughs> But it, it, it will give him more energy. It will keep him alive longer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely did bring a little spunk. <laughs> um, okay, some movie ones. Would you rather Terminator or Predator? Ooh, that's a tough one. Oh, man. I think um, I like sci-fi. Oh, they're both kind of sci-fi. So mm. I'd say Terminator, yeah. Terminator is lo- longer lasting, I think, for me, like the throughout the all the different ones. Would you prefer Rambo or Rocky? Ooh, Rocky. Yeah, like I love uh, a good uh, boxy movie. I mean, uh, I love uh, like the underdog story. Yeah, definitely. Um, Freddy or Jason? Mm, Freddy Cougar is way creepier, I think. You know, getting in your head and in your nightmares, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely trippy. <laughs> uh, South Park or Simpsons? Simpsons, yep. I'm old school, so I would old say, school. you know, Simpsons all the way. Um, Anchorman or Step Brothers? <laughs> Mm, Anchorman, I like Anchorman better. To me, uh, Step Brothers was too like um, improv-y. Like I don't know, it just seemed like they were kind of trying too hard. I I feel like uh, Anchorman was a little little better. Uh, some music ones: Slayer or Pantera? Pantera, of course. Hell yeah, they're one of our biggest influences. Uh, Metallica or Megadeth? Ooh, <laughs> that's a tough one. <sighs> I would have to say. Metallica, yeah, Metallica. I have more favorite albums from Metallica. Corn uh, or Limp Bizkit? Corn, mm, yep, Corn all the way. I, I like Limp Bizkit, but I, I would say only like the earlier years. Corn has so many great records, so that's um, Manson or Rob Zombie? Rob Zombie, yep, I love Rob Zombie, yeah. Manson, I'm, I'm not so fond of it. Same thing, I like a couple of songs, but, you know, Rob Zombie to me is just a, all around better, yeah. Uh, do you prefer to go to a baseball game or a basketball game? I would say, yeah, baseball. Baseball is fun, yep, yep. Uh, now, the last few, when you're playing, do you prefer stage dives going on, which I know can be hard because of barriers, or do you prefer mic grabs? <sighs> I like, oh, man. I would say... Mic grabs, yeah, because anybody can kind of get up there and stage dive, you know, make a scene. But I think if you're grabbing the mic, you know, the lyrics, like, that's just more meaningful to me. 
Um, when you go to a show, do you watch it from the mosh pit or up the back by the sound desk? It depends. You know, it depends who, who I'm watching. You know, if it's a band that I really like, yeah, I'll get in it and I'll get up front row, you know. And But if it's somebody that I'm just kind of observing, then I like to listen to it from the back and get the get the sound and see what they're really about. Now, would you prefer to tour for the rest of your life or record for the rest of your life? Ooh, that's tough. I think nothing beats a live show, so I would say tour. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I love being creative, but in the end, playing live, there's no no energy like that. Once you experience that, you know, I feel like you there's nothing that compares to it. It's just it's a whole new feeling, so definitely playing. And the last one, would you prefer to own an album on CD, vinyl, or on your phone? Vinyl. Yeah, I dig vinyl, you know, yeah. just because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the classic rock and you know, so I'll, I'll definitely throw on some vinyl. I don't know. I haven't really heard too many metal albums on, on vinyl, so I don't know how um, it translates. But, you know, I definitely love jamming some classic rock. I think you notice with the late new albums on vinyl, when you can notice when it's very well uh, engineered and produced. It will sound amazing. If it's not really well taken time with the producing and engineering and mixing and mastering, it just sounds like a CD, really. Oh man, I hope ours does well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think, I think that that new album fucking slams. So I don't think there's gonna be much worry about that. Um, Sweet, uh, Ruben, you're an absolute fucking legend. Um, I have been wanting to do this for a long time. I'm really grateful you got back to me. I'm really grateful you gave up your time for me. It means a lot for me as a fan, but also means a lot for me for the show. Um, I really, really, really appreciate you and much love and respect, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. It was a great chat. And, you know, any anytime you you want to talk again, I'm, I'm here. Thank oh. you. All right. Thanks, brother. Much love. And um, I'll speak to you soon. All right. Take care.
So that was my chat with Ruben from Upon a Burning Body. And at the end there, you heard the band's song, The Champ is Coming. You also heard the song, All Pride, No Pain. Both of those songs come off the band's most recent album, Southern Hostility. And the last song you heard is Carlito's Way, which is from the band's debut album, The World is Ours. Now's the time where I invite you guys and remind you guys to get into the artist that's been on the show. So support Ruben and Upon a Burning Body. Get online, listen to the music, get onto eBay, buy the music, get online and buy some merch. Whatever it is, help this band keep going, help supporting this band do what they love to do. Also got to take this moment to thank Ruben again. Thank you so much, dude. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. And hopefully Australia will get to see you guys live again very, very soon. And that's it. That's the Mosh Zone episode 80 done, dusted, all wrapped up, locked away for this week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that we need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias 
Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget, you can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.